You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. And get to it by turning in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, we're back in our Fight Well series, and, um, and, and I, I trust if you joined us in, on, uh, here in person, you haven't sat on this nice little card. We put these cards out once again. Take these cards home, have them in your Bible, put them up. I visited a few homes this past Christmas season, and I was encouraged. These cards were up in people's homes. And so I would encourage you, even on the online lobby later on today, post pictures of where you are, have this placed in your home. If you don't have it placed, place it in your home and take a picture of it. And then don't take it down afterwards, keep it up there. Or, or the stickers that, that we have, we have more stickers available. I trust those are out as well, that we have all those out. We want to get rid of those. Uh, and, and we want you to, and, and again, post pictures of where you are putting those stickers up to remind us. There was a lady in our church sent me a picture this week. She started a new job and she goes to her desk and what does she find? A Fight Well sticker stuck on it. It's just like, how did that get there? And someone who was attending one of our services took it to their workplace and put it on their desk. And I'm thinking, right on. And so she was reminded early on, we need to fight well. And, uh, and so encourage you just to take advantage of this. And, and, and it's not the power of cards and, and stickers and shirts that are available, but these are a reminder to us that, that we are in a spiritual battle. And, and, and that we have been given the tools necessary. And one of those important tools is the Word of God. And our ushers have Bibles. If you do not have a Bible here today, you forgot it at home or you don't have one, um, please raise your hand and, and we want a copy you need. I mean, God's word is so mighty and so powerful. And, 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 and to not bring your Bible or have the word of God in front of you is you're missing out, I believe, on the fullness of the teaching, not just hearing it, but seeing the word of God. And we're going to be looking at it, reading from Ephesians 6 in a moment. And so those ushers have those. They're available for you. And, and, uh, and again, take that home if you do not have a Bible at home. Allow God's Word to change and transform your lives. Follow along with me as I read, starting in verse 14. And then, once again, uh, actually we're going to start in verse 10, but when we get to verse 14, I'm going to have you stand together with me as uh, we declare the armor of God together as a church family. And joining us online, also for you, stand wherever you are in, when it comes to reading the armor of God. So I encourage you to join us in that way. Verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the half armor, no, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, now join me together in standing wherever you are. And let's read in verse 14. Words up on the screen. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 
praying at all times in the Spirit, prayer and supplication. Amen, amen to God's Word. You may be seated. A reminder, folks, we are at war. And this is no afternoon athletic competition that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is a real battle. This is life and death. We are against a common foe, a real foe, a powerful foe, far more than we can handle on our own. And the enemy is incredibly organized, and he is also unrelenting in his attacks. The spiritual fight between the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, have great effects on our lives in the physical realm. The battle is happening in the spiritual realms and yet has the, it's being played out here in the physical realm, in our lives, in our minds, in our thinking, in the various things going on in our world. The devil, our very real adversary, he schemes against our lives, against our families, against our marriages, against our church, any way to try to worm his way in there and rob us of peace, rob us of joy, rob us of victory, rob us of our sleep, of our health, of our strength, rob us of our unity. He is out and he is unrelenting in this. And yet the good news is, is that we have been outfitted for this battle. We are not outfitted just for one battle, but for the entire war. We have been given divine spiritual army, protection as well as weapons so that we can stand firm and so that we do not have to retreat, we don't have to run back, we don't have to cower in the corner. No, we can actually advance. But understand this, that this armor isn't for everyone. Not everyone, perhaps even in this room or watching online, is wearing this armor. This armor, this protection is only for those who have placed their faith and their trust completely in Jesus Christ. It is for those who have believed, entirely resting and in the saving work of Christ in Christ alone. Not in Christ alone and all my good works. Not in Christ alone and this and that and another thing. And this, take a little religion here, a little bit there. It is in Christ, Christ alone. And what he accomplished on the cross. I encourage you to write down this passage in your, in your notes, Colossians 2.14, because this is a power verse. This is a power verse. It says in 2.14 of Colossians, he canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. That's powerful. He canceled. Our God, through Jesus Christ, canceled the record of debt the wages of our debt, the, the payment that we deserve because of our sin. He canceled it with all the legal demands. And those demands call for death, a death sentence where we are left to rot and die in our sin here on this earth and then suffer the eternal consequences in hell. That is the consequences. That is the record that our debt has called for. And yet it goes on in verse 215 and it says, having disarmed the powers and authorities. We just read in Ephesians about how there's these powers and principalities and authorities. What did he do? He disarmed the powers and the authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over the cross. Triumph over, the, over them by the cross. And by believing in Christ alone. 
Christ alone for our salvation, knowing that without him we are spiritually dead, that we, if, if we are in Christ today, we before Christ, we were in a spiritually dead state. But Christ makes us spiritually and eternally alive. And when any person of any age, any background, from any country, from any experience that you've had, things that have happened in your life or things that you have done, when anyone comes to rest and trust in Christ alone, we are clothed with the gospel armor. It is our gift. His victory on the cross becomes our victory. His righteousness is now my righteousness. His strength is now my strength. His armor is now my armor. And if you are a believer in Christ, that is true for you. However, we must daily put on this armor. We must put it on. It's there. It's ready. It is available. We've got to power it up in our lives. And here at Hope, we have been examining this armor piece by piece. We've been, we were doing this before Christmas and now continuing on into this new year, we're going to continue on with this. We've already looked at the belt of truth, the belt of truth that prepares me for battle. It is foundational. It is that foundational piece of armor that needs to be put on. The breastplate of righteousness protects the heart, protects the vital organs. The gospel shoes we looked at provides peace in all situations as we herald and give the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've looked at those already. Those are all available online on our website. You can go there and you can find them. But today we are digging into the shield of faith. The shield of faith that protects me from evil attacks. And our verse today in, in, is in verse 16. And notice, and I encourage you to underline in your Bibles, if it is your Bible, underline it, uh, the, the two times we see the word all, because these are important words. Look at verse 16, it says, in all, all circumstances, not just some, not just the majority, not 99.9%, this is 100%, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. That's powerful. That's a pretty amazing arsenal that we have been supplied with. That it's an arsenal that is pretty amazing and pretty powerful coming our way, and yet we have been given a weapon, we have been given a defense to be able to shield every one of the attacks from the evil one. So important. But remember, this isn't automatic. We must put it on. We must, we must take up the shield. We must raise up that shield every day. And today I'd like for us to examine three questions. The what, why, and how of the shield of faith. And I believe that by exploring these questions and what we're going to look at from God's word here today, by understanding and grabbing hold of this, and you have to do it individually, personally. You have to do this. No one can do this for you. You have to do this. Watching online, you have to do this. No prayers that, that people pray will, will, will establish the shield of faith automatically in your life. You've got to pick it up. And the shield of faith in doing this can be so transformational in our lives. By holding and grabbing onto these truths as God's children, understand we're getting pounded day by day, hour by hour by the fiery darts. We can live in power, in victory, and not constantly experiencing and feeling the defeat that comes so readily in our lives. 
So first of all, the first question we're examining here is the what. What is it? What is the shield of faith? Well, in, in short, it is the promises of God. The shield of faith is resting, trusting in the promises of God. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to write these words here in Ephesians 6, is, is no doubt using some of the imagery because of what he's seen constantly. He's been seeing it throughout his life, and he's been seeing it regularly as he's in prison. He sees the Roman soldier, and so he sees them dressed for armor. He sees them in their full attire. He sees them battle-ready at any time. He would have seen plenty of soldiers in his time. But even as you remember earlier in the series, that, that the, we see the armor of God already in the Old Testament. We're going to see it again here today. That the shield of faith wasn't just something like, oh, there's a, a, a soldier with a shield, and so we'll call that the shield of faith. No, it's already, we see it in God's word. He's just giving us some imagery for us to understand this now. And he puts it in context for them, and it's context for us. Now, the shield that the soldiers carried um, was not like a little frisbee, you know, or a kid's toy kind of thing. Brett, Brett found this at the um, dollar store this past week um, and, uh, and said, hey, would, would, would this work as your shield of faith? And I'm just like, yeah, probably not. And it, it's not quite big enough for that, you know. And uh, I mean, it's good and it's cool. And it even comes with a fancy, I mean, we'll get ready for this in a few weeks, but even a fancy sword, you know. And so, um, so, so yeah, that, that's all great. But, but you know, it, it's a little bit more than a, um, you know, a frisbee side shield that, that Paul is talking about. Um, um, it's a little bit more than, um, say, this that you know could be helpful for a back alley fight. Good throw, Nate. And you know, taking up the, the old garbage can lid, you know, sometimes you, you watch some of those movies or TV shows, and this can become a pretty good what you know way of defending someone or popping someone or whatever it might be. But the shield of faith would have actually have even been larger than than that, and uh, and and even larger and more powerful than Captain America. And his sword, or his shield that, that he had. And so the shield that Paul is referring to would have been approximately four feet high by about two and a half feet wide. It was a big shield. And it was made of various metals, and oftentimes it would be wrapped in leather. And a common saying when a soldier would go off to war was this. Make sure you come back with your shield, not on your shield. Because it was a reminder to them that, that they are fighting for their lives. And that injured, wounded, dead soldiers would often be carried on their shield like a stretcher off of the battlefield and brought home. Make sure you come back with your shield. Believer in Christ. Let's not leave the shield on the ground. Let's not leave it on the battlefield. Let's, let's, be, let's, let's bring that shield home with us. Let's take that shield wherever we go. You see, the shield would also be used in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And it would cover, being such a good size, it would, would cover if the soldier is crouching or, or would cover a good majority of the soldier's body. And so it was very powerful. And the shields offered incredible protection from the attacks of the enemy. The shields also had beveled edges on them having some sort of a hook system that they could quickly lock their shields with fellow soldiers and advance together. Now, shields are an important piece of the armor. And, and it's something that we are told to pick up the shield every day. We need to continually pick up the shield of faith. And we need to carry it. Now, believe it or not, we're all carrying shields regardless. But is it the shield of faith that we're carrying? 
We carry shields because shields are defense mechanisms that we use to shield us, to protect us, to give us a confidence, to give us a strength in order for us to advance or to be able to withstand what's going on in the world. But is it the shield of faith? It's not automatically the shield of faith. There are many other shields that we might be carrying. And, 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 and these multiple and different ones will be different for each one of us. And I'm just going to mention some of the shields that perhaps you were carrying or you're carrying today. You were carrying this past week or you've been carrying all your life. Perhaps that shield is your job, your bank account, your career, your investments, your possessions. As long as I have a certain combination A certain amount of these things, life will be fine. I can stand firm. I can rest in these provisions and in these possessions. Or maybe the shield that you run to, you go to, it's your go-to shield, is relationships. A boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse or, 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 or having one really close friend or, or, or many friends or, or having a certain following. If you have these things in your life, you know that you're going to make it, you're going to get through. A shield can be depending on a person to, to almost to find your identity or to find your security. You, you remember, and, and I don't want to, like, I'm not going to ask anyone to raise their hand, but you, you might remember in high school or in college or even now that there are some people that always have to have a boyfriend, girlfriend. They just have to have, it was just like, they break up with one and like, whoa, I'll just go, go after another one here. And, and, and that because they find a, a security and a safety in that. And, 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 and don't worry, we don't make fun of people like that because we've all got shields that we have. Maybe it's our personality. By acting or reacting, being the funny guy, the serious guy, the smart guy, the know-it-all guy, the, you know, just whoever, whatever personality kind of trait that, that, that we think is necessary for people to like us, to accept us, we find our, our identity and, 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 and our, our reason at times even for existence or being around people in these things. Or maybe your shield, your defense has become taking up a certain fight. Or a certain cause. And not saying that that's wrong to, to, to do that, but it's got to be in the right place. It can't be the, the only shield or the shield that we pick up and that we use. Maybe your shield is isolation. I just need to hide. I just need to get away from you. I need to withdraw. And you can even withdraw in a crowd of people. Maybe your shield is addiction. Turning to a various substance or a secret sin. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's porn, maybe it's drugs, weed, maybe it's food, binge watching, scroll, binge scrolling, shopping, sleeping, even exercise can become a shield. Our physical bodies can be something that we're putting our faith, our trust, our confidence in, and it's going to kind of drive us into different places so that people would accept us and think well of us. A shield is anyone or anything we rely on for our comfort and our security and for our strength. These will all let you down. Today, I call each one of us to examine, hey, what shield have I been carrying this week? Let's drop the shield. Let's drop all of these shields and others that have been mentioned and pick up and cling to one first and primary in our lives, and that is picking up the shield of faith, which means trusting, resting, and advancing in the words and in the promises of God. That is the shield of faith, trusting, resting, advancing in the word and in the promises of God. And this is simply not just about having faith 
having faith in faith and just think, well, you got to have faith. That, that sounds good. And, and it even quotes well and, and memes well and, and you know, hashtags well, got to have faith. But you see, the value and the strength of our faith is entirely dependent on the object of our faith. What are we putting that faith in? You see, faith in a person, faith in relationships, faith in humanity, faith in politics, faith in science, faith in medicine, faith in the media, and even faith in our good friends or even a spouse or, or the hope for a spouse, having faith in these areas, even having faith in a church or in Christian leaders, all of these Shields and, and, and things that we can put our faith and our trust in can and will, in varying degrees, will let us down, will fail us. And so we need to get our eyes off of these things. And the shield of faith, the object of our faith, must rest entirely and completely in God, in the work that His Son did here on this earth, and in His living and active Word. The shield of faith as I mentioned, it goes back to the Old Testament. And, and we're going to have some verses and the references on the screen. I encourage you to write these down and put them in your toolbox, in your tool belt of verses that I trust that you are working on. And that is something we've mentioned in previous weeks in having this go-to toolbox of the Word of God. Listen to these verses and how His Word, the living Word, is our true defense. It is our true reason to put our hope and our faith in. In Proverbs, Proverbs 30, verse 5, it says, every word of God proves true. Every word of God. It, it has and is, and for some of us, it will one day, it will prove to be 100% absolutely reliable. Every word of God proves true. Genesis 15, 1, God saying this, I am your shield, your very great reward. Deuteronomy 33:29 The Lord is your shield and helper. Your enemies will cower before you and you will tread on their heights. Psalm 30 verse 20, 21. Some of this was read in our worship time. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or the messenger of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You want to be completed, equipped for every good work? It's in the Word of God. You have questions? You have questions? The Bible has the answer. Be able to research and study the Bible will have the answer. Questions about creation, God's Word has the answer. The questions about rainbows, the Word of God has the answer. Gender, sexuality, dating, marriage, raising, and biblically disciplining kids, finances, our savings, our investments, our work ethic... The Word of God has the answer in every one of these. Not sure how to resolve personal or family or business disputes? The Word of God has the answer. We have a dispute, a disagreement, or there's been an offense with a brother or sister in Christ? The Word of God has the answer. 
You don't cower in a corner when, you, when someone has hurt or sinned against you, when a brother or sister in Christ even has done this, and just humbly just take it and just say, well, I guess this is, Jesus had his cross to bear, I'll have mine. You sit there in self-pity. No. Nor do you go to combat and strike back. God's word has the answer. God's word shows us how to lovingly and humbly and biblically confront a brother or sister and work towards forgiveness and unity. You're in a tough, trying, discouraging situation or in a tough, tough, trying, discouraging, depressing days, open the book. The Word of God has the answer. It will pry you out of there like nothing else will. Yes, counseling. Yes, that sort of thing. Having friends and, and, and going on a vacation and all of these different things can help in little ways, but nothing like the Word of God by taking the shield of faith. Psalm 18.30, it says, As for God, His way is perfect. What we're going through right now, God's Word says, His way for our world in 2022 is perfect. You say, well, I sure beg to differ. (laughs) Of course we do. But then we're going to take and we're going to lock in the shield of faith and we're going to say, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. This is not having just faith in faith and, oh, look at Melden, he has faith. No, I have faith in the word of God. He is a shield to all who trust in him. In all circumstances, we're told here, in verse 16 of Ephesians 6, not in half the circumstances, not in just some of them or the majority, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. God has given us everything we need to stand firm against the ways and the wiles of the enemy. Pick up and take up the shield, declaring, God, I am going to trust. I am going to rest. I am going to obey. I am going to follow your ways, your word, no matter what. In business, in relationships, in our leisure time, in our conversations, and when I mess up, and you will because I know you and I know myself. I'm going to mess up to you. We are going to confess before God and we're going to go to his word in 1 John 1, 9 that says when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from what? What word is that? All unrighteousness, right? That's so awesome. In Psalm 27, and we take this and it's just the beautiful pieces of God's word, Psalm 27, 14. And so then we wait for the Lord. We wait as we trust in him. Be strong and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. I think of the stories, the biographies of missionaries. Go and read those. Just Google them and you will find, or I'm not going to say that, go and search them on the internet and and you will find um, biographies of godly men and women and couples and families who went and gave it all and for years and years served the Lord with zero or no or little results. And as they stayed faithful, as they took up the shield of faith, said, God, you called me. God, you called us. And God, the enemy is attacking and we are so discouraged, but we are putting our shield of faith up. And then you read, there's one story I was reading, this man went for years in China. No, no, actually it was the country, Burma, is that close to China? Is that Burma, is it? Okay, so it was Burma, Chinese, uh, China border, and his name is Fraser, you can go home and Google, just Google, uh, search that on the internet and, and you will find that. And 
and, uh, and, and his last name is Fraser, and, and how he went, and there was nothing, not, but he locked in his shield and said, I'm going to stand on the truth of God's word. Even when, when it seems like no hope is there, and then all of a sudden, in just a number of months, period of time, he went from absolutely no one showing up to his services, no converts, to having over 600 people in four months come to saving faith, being baptized, and churches planted, and even today, that region has the most believers. Why? Because he put his, his, his shield of faith, he, he set it forward against the fiery darts coming his way. The second question we look at here today is when, it, it, when it comes to the shield of faith is why do we need it? And here's the answer why. Because the enemy is unrelenting. The enemy is unrelenting. Verse 16, with it, it says you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. In Roman warfare, not only would the arrows have sharp metal or bone fragments on the tips, on the ends of it, but they would also take and they would put some sort of cloth material, put some pitch on it, light it on fire, and they would send these fiery darts. And, and not only then would these arrows poke and pierce and, and hurt the body if it gets in, in the area of where, where the armor is not covering or if you're unprotected, but it would also burn. It would burn the skin. It would set fires all around and cause, uh, cause the soldiers to flee because everything around them is on fire. And not only did the arrow have the potential, as I said, to, to, to strike the target and, and inflict pain, but this burning that happens and the fiery darts of the enemy not only pierce us and hurt us, but it can just bring great turmoil and just destruction all around us. As it attacks us, it has an effect on our family, in our marriages, on others. And these fiery darts, they come in all shapes and sizes. And again, they are unrelenting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The devil doesn't take a break on Sundays. No, he probably amps it up, especially when you start driving a church, right? There may be one arrow coming just one at a time, and it's just a repeating arrow. Maybe it's a barrage of arrows just flying in constantly from all angles. The evil one has almost an unlimited arsenal at his disposal to reach any and all of us, no matter who you are, no matter how super Christian you might think you are, <laughs> the enemy has a, has a way to get you. And please, I don't, th I don't think we have anyone who, here who thinks they're super Christian. None of us are. We, we trust in a supernatural God, amen? That's where the super comes from in our lives. Um, he loves to go after two things, though. Write this down. Here's what he likes to go He loves to go after our identity. He loves to go after getting us to doubt and to question our salvation and our worthiness. And he goes after it in so many ways, the flaming darts of discouragement or temptation or mistrust or causing us to doubt our faith, to doubt God's word, to, to get us to question his love to sap our, our, our strength, to steal our zeal for Christ, steal our joy and our peace. He's a robber. The darts that fly of lust or lies or imaginations or, or passions or rumors or gossip that we entertain and, and that come firing our way and instead of dousing them, we, we take an, and, and allow them to have entry into our lives, into our minds, into our thinking. The jealousies when we see others succeeding or doing well. The disagreements loves to get in there and just, just be an instigator in relationships. Useless and silly arguments basically last two years. 
from the voices in our head to comments, words, conversations, even just in passing, little things that someone says, I remember, and I continue to go back in my head. I was in grade three. I was at a boys' brigade camp out, and one of my leaders said something to me. As I was getting into the back of his truck, he made a, a joke about my weight. That fiery dart, yeah, it's stuck. I still remember it. He later on apologized when he realized the hurt that it had caused. Those voices then that come to root in our head, oh yeah, he said he's sorry, but the comments, those words, those little passing words that others say, they can become these fiery darts that just hurt and burn so badly and the darts come unexpectedly out of the blue. Those darts can happen when you're in church. Those darts come flying at us in the middle of the night, in the, when we're reading our Bibles, when we're worshiping the Lord. We can be having the best day ever, and all of a sudden, darts are flying in, and our joy is sapped. And maybe sometimes that's coming through a text message. Maybe it's coming through a word that someone says, something we see, something we think about, something we hear on the news, and all of a sudden, it boom, that fiery dart hits. And instead of deflecting it, extinguishing it, we allow it to burn and to sting our lives. Doubt, depression, terrible, unholy thoughts, leaving us feeling guilty and unworthy. And, 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 those act- and you call yourself a Christian. Others are. <laughs> Not you. You have no testimony. You are useless when it comes to God's kingdom. You're a loser. You're a failure. You're unclean. You're no good. Those words that come in, the fiery darts are coming all over, and we not, ought not to be surprised when they come. Remember in First Peter, in First Peter, Peter wrote the words, hey, he says, hey, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that are coming your way as if something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised. <laughs> no, we gotta expect it. You know, I think of my grandfather who lived to be 106 years old. And my grandmother lived to be 103. We just actually, it was 10 years ago this week that on January 1st that she went home to heaven. They lived so long. Um, I, I love telling this. I mean, they lived so long that so many of their friends, they were getting quite concerned um, that about their friends in heaven who had died in their 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s and like, where's Gus and Wanda? They're not here yet. I guess they didn't make it, you know? And so they were like, we're coming, we're coming, you know? And so, but, but anyways, I understand this, that when my grandfather was 100 years old, he was 100, okay? Walked with God for many years. Walked for God faithfully. It was a man who just loved the word of God. I remember as a teenager driving past their house, 11 o'clock, midnight, and I go past their house on 411 Broadway Avenue in Regina. It wasn't Broadway, just a regular neighborhood, but I'd go drive in there, and I'd see the light on in the living room, and I would see the light on over his chair, and, and, and I'd go there a few days later, check in on them, go and have um, some whatever grandma would have, have to give us, and, and I'm like, what's... Who's up at that hour? And she says, oh, that's daddy. That's daddy. He just, he just is up reading the word. And he says, I just can't get enough of it. The pages just fly by and I realize it's so late. Here he is 100 years old, 
walking with God. When he's 100 years old, all of a sudden he is stricken with just an overwhelming guilt and a reminder of the sins of his youth. And he told my grandmother about it and he was going to ask for forgiveness yet again for the sins of his youth that had already been cleansed and had already been put under the, the blood of Christ. You know what my grandmother said to him? I love her wisdom, godly woman herself. Such godly woman. She said, no, you do not do that again. This time we are going to ask, we are not going to ask for forgiveness for those sins. It's time to praise God that your sins have been forgiven. Amen? Amen? Fiery darts met with the truth of God's word is a shield around our lives. With the shield of faith, even at a hundred. And you know what? The only time we are going to be safe from the devil's assaults uh, from his fiery darts is when we take our last breath here on this earth and we are with Jesus forever in eternity. Another area the enemy will go after is our unity in Christ. He'll go after our identity, try to destroy us that way. And if he can't do that, he's going to work hard at the unity in Christ. Earlier in Ephesians, Paul writes to the church, and then all throughout the New Testament we see, but in Ephesians specifically, he writes about maintaining the unity in the bond of peace. A call to fight and to stand and to work for unity in the body of Christ. Unity starts within the body of Christ. We don't have unity in our world. We're not going to see that, but we are to have it and pray for it and fight for it and stand for it within the church. And most of us this last two years, we have all gone through many difficult and trying times. Just keep reading statistics. Record number of pastors and church staff that are leaving the ministry. Record numbers of people leaving the church. Having become comfortable in staying away from the church and and, and, and other reasons and division that has taken place. And we have all faced difficult challenges and still continue to do so firsthand. We're all experiencing that. The polarization, the division in schools and workplace and families and friends. And then sadly, so many churches. So much disunity and the devil loves it. It's like, yes. There are godly and wise people whom I have respected for years on a friendship basis, socially, spiritually, medically, scientifically, who are on opposite sides of this COVID mess, as we all are in different places. And let's remember, unity does not mean conformity. At times we have to agree to disagree and yet still love and care, and listen, and hear, and respect one another. And it concerns me how this has ripped and fragmented society, our families, the workplaces, and the church. How easy it is to judge, and to belittle, and to criticize, and to poke fun at people who think and view things differently. One of the men in our church before Christmas, he reminded me that every church is one foot, or perhaps, as he said, one inch from revival, which is a powerful working and moving of the Holy Spirit of God, or from revolt, from a church split, from division. I vote revival. But it can and will only happen as we hold up the shield of faith, fighting 
advancing, seeking unity even in our diversity. My words, my conversations, my posts, my comments on posts, offhanded comments, my actions, are they contributing to the unity of the body of Christ? Or do they have the possibility to be divisive and hurtful and bring disunity? Romans 14, write that down. And I encourage you, take and read that every day this week. Every day this week. Powerful. I've been doing that the last number of days, and it, it is, and, and do it at the beginning of the day so it's not at the end of the day where you see how much you messed up. <laughs> but, but instead, maybe prepare yourself as you go into it, and then, and, and then when you do mess up, you fess up uh, before lo- the Lord and, and before others when and where necessary. But it's a beautiful passage regarding the weaker brother in reference to our convictions. And specifically, I mean, it was a wrestle there about what they put into their bodies, how they treat their bodies. Read it daily. And then I think you need to be asking, hey, who are, who's the weaker brother that I'm going to be facing today? And pray and ask the Lord to help me to love and to honor and to respect them. But also believing in all humility, believing in an understanding that I too am the weaker brother. That we are all weak in this because we haven't walked this way before. And so with humility and a trust in God, would we proceed in our relationships and see the weaker brother and see ourselves as the weaker brother, all the while clinging to the shield of faith, clinging to the promises and the truths of God's word, loving and caring and serving one another. Oh, would there be that kind of humility here at Hope Bible Church? I'm so thankful for the unity that God has given us, but it's fragile, it's fragile, and it's not perfect, and we're far from it. If we're not careful, it can, and it will destroy one another. It is destroying people in relationships and churches and families, leaving us divided and broken and bitter and angry and full of frustration and unforgiveness, lacking then the Spirit's power. Then, then you just might as well be walking around with your shield just wherever, just taking hit after hit after hit because we're not standing firm with the shield of faith in some of these important areas. Thirdly, how do we take it up? How do we take up the shield of faith? Three ways. Write this down initially. Initially, we take it by answering the salvation call upon our lives. We do this. We, we take up the shield of faith. We take it up when our faith becomes our own, when we receive that gift of salvation, we are clothed with the gospel armor. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice Paul didn't say, the life I now live, I live in the flesh by my faith, by what I think is right, but what others tell me is right. No, the life I live by faith is what? Faith in the Son of God. That is where our faith rests. My faith has found a resting place, not in device or creed. I trust the everlasting one. His wounds for me shall plead. We have no other argument. He is the one that gave himself for us. Paul did not. And, and so in this, we pick up the shield of faith personally at salvation, but then we pick it up daily from consistently in our lives. We need to know the one who is trustworthy and true. The more 
our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the more our eyes are in the... That's why I tell you, open the Word, have the Word of God before you on a Sunday throughout the week. Download the apps, the listening ones, the... Um, video, whatever it is that gets you into just the Word of God. Yes, there's good devotionals and there's a lot of other good studies and resources out there, but nothing better than the pure meat of God's Word. Don't put those fillers in there like some of the restaurants do. And when it comes to the meat of God's Word, we want the pure stuff, be in the pure Word of God every day. The more we're in the Word of God in a posture of humility and prayer, we're picking up the shield of faith. And it becomes our one and our true defense, clinging, holding fast to that shield that has been supplied to us in Christ. I pray and encourage you to be in the Word of God daily. If your God time daily is struggling, needs a kickstart, we have some of these books on the, the red counter. Take one of these. It's also available, PDF, on our website under resources. Take this. And, 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 and you know what? Sometimes the battery runs pretty low, right? What does it need? It needs a boost. And some of you need a boost. You need the tow truck. You need to get the cables out. You need to give a boost when it comes to your God time. Come on, get in it. We need to be in the Word of God. So important, so vitally that we do that consistently. And then thirdly, we pick it up corporately. Together we lock our shields. A single shield is helpful, but it's not effective. It's not as effective as many shields. The strength of the shield is maximized when we lock it together side by side, beside us, in front of us, and behind us. Here's something pretty cool that we discovered uh, this past uh, Christmas break. Our daughter loves doing puzzles, and, and uh, she was home for Christmas with um, her husband. Whew, hard to say. Still getting used to that. She showed us a hack that she learned on social media when it comes to moving puzzles. Because, you know, you do a puzzle, you just don't want to, like, you know, just put it back in the box right away. You kind of want to look at it and say, how many have I done? And so she, you know, so she showed us this trick because we were having some people over, and Charlotte's like, you know what, we need that, that table cleared. And she's like, here's how you do it. Take a look at this. Look at that. She took it all the way downstairs, put it on a table there. She did say, uh-oh, and one piece fell out. You think, 500-piece puzzle? Picked it up the right way, held it together. Why? Because it was all interlocking. And when you pick it up in the right way, and it's all interlocking, it's not going to fall apart. And that's such a beautiful reminder of us locking our shields together. Take a look at these pictures in here from Roman soldiers, what they would do. See how those shields would, would, would come together in that way and offer incredible protection? I think there's one more too, is there? There we go. Pretty cool, hey? The helmet there, we'll get to that next week, Lord willing, protecting the head. And you can advance and you can withstand the fiery attacks, attacks of the enemy. And this speaks that the shield of faith utilized in community is so important. God's people joining together, locking shields on Sundays as we declare in worship, even joining us online, being with us, nine o'clock, joining together with others. We are locking shields together in our declaration of God's word when it comes to worshiping the Lord, when it comes to then being obedient to God's words, and that happens on Sundays, but also in small groups, in friendship relationships that, that drive us to study the word of God, where we can watch one another's backs so that no one is lost or left behind or getting beat up and getting the arrows fired at them. And, and this talks about accountability and vulnerability and sharing. What are those, what are those darts that are coming after you this week? It's so vital that everyone is in a small group, and I'm concerned about many of you who aren't. You need brothers and sisters in Christ 
in your life. We have mixed groups happening in the evenings. We have men's groups and ladies' groups, early morning, late at night. There's a youth, there's young adult groups. Locking shields together, studying God's word, and then applying that word with accountability and prayer. You know, in my office, um, and I've, I've had them up uh, here, some pieces of our armor here. Is there's a, I believe, a picture here of this, some of the armor of God that some friends um, back when we were living in Alberta gave to us. And, and, uh, and so I love having that so good. And, and you see the, the breastplate, and I love what's written on the backside of the breastplate. Take a look at this. And we've got your back. We love you. You see, when you look at the armor, there's no protection for the back. There's no back. Why? Because first of all, we're to advance, never to run away. Never to run in fear. If you do, you're down. Because you have no protection. But it also is because you have others who have your back. And that's what the body of Christ, that's what our groups are to do. And it's not just having coffee friends. These are friends that are going to drive you to, hey, how's your God time doing? How is the battle? How, what are the darts that are coming after you this week? How can we stand with you? How can we help you in this? So I wonder today, what areas do you need to pick up and trust and cling to the shield today? Those points that we have, are we trusting and resting in the promises of God? The enemy, the attacks are unrelenting. But we need to pick up that shield continually, initially, continually, and corporately. Let's pray together. And so, Heavenly Father, we come to you now, and I believe that each one of us, upon self-examination of what your word calls us to, we need to pick up the shield and never put it down. And there are some here who no doubt have, perhaps, maybe it was ages ago, or maybe it was just this past week, they've dropped the shield. And with that, they are just getting pounded today been pounded this week, pounded the last month, pounded the last decade. God, I pray that by faith we would put our faith and our trust in the word of God and the shield of faith. You've provided us a shield with answers, with promises that can extinguish every fiery dart. Would we renew our faith today in your promises and your truth? Help us to pick up the shield every day. Help us to pick up one another's shields and encourage others to pick up those shields and say, here, come on, let's go. Let's lock arms, let's lock shields together and let's advance for God's kingdom, his glory. Strengthen and encourage one another. And would we find a sweetness and a restfulness and a peace and a strength even as the fiery darts are flying all over the place because that shield of faith is in hand and it is active locked together with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And I thank you, God, for what you are doing, even in and through all of this craziness in the last number of years, how you have worked and you are working in this church. God, I pray that nothing would derail us from the unity. And God, we pray for revival. We pray that, that our priorities and our passions would be set and rested in your truth and your promises. And together we would advance declaring and making much of you. And would we even now together as we with one voice declare, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. Oh, would we rest upon your promises and to know, thus saith the Lord. And that together we would also declare, I will trust you in the victories. I will trust you for the victories in the midst of the battle.
And those victories may be a long time. Those true victories may not even happen until we are full, until we are in heaven, but would we stay faithful? So let's stand together and worship and pray. Praise the Lord as we commit ourselves to him.